This week on Ultra 64, you've played the best, now let's try the rest. We're playing the other kart racing games on the Nintendo 64 this week, yes, sons of bitches. I'm coming in hard. I'm yeah, you're just hard. calling out the audience for no reason. Hey, you know? thanks for listening to our show. We appreciate you, you ungrateful yeah. assholes. Yeah, yeah, bastards. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week, we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, and we are dropping oil spills and chucking random bits and goo-gaws. And my name is Steve Guntley. Yeah, only uh, only '90s Lego kids will understand that my name is Woody Siskowski. <laughs> it is true. It's true. Only '90s kids understand Woody uh, in, yeah. in any way. Uh, I, I, I went on a date and I kept referencing uh, Ninja Turtles, and she just that didn't work. Stared at me blankly. I cannot <laughs> was, imagine that not working. Yeah, I don't know. Did you talk about Shredder? Yo, yeah, oh, of course. Oh, okay. Shredder and Krang and Krang's <laughs> weird robot body. You know what you got to do? She was probably a Cowboys of Mesa girl. Oh, Next sure. time, bring that a one. Power up. Pigs from the Nth Dimension. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beetleborgs. You know, yeah. she, you got to you got to dig a little deeper there. Yeah, you got to work enough. for it. You know. Uh, well, this week is a very exciting week because I th- I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this, but I think we're closing out kart racing games uh, unless there's <laughs> one that's a kart racing game that I'm. Not aware of. I don't know. It's probably, like NHL probably, 99, a yeah. kart racer. <laughs> Knife Edge Nose Gunner was secretly a kart racer. But we already played it. So yeah, we did. Okay. We already done. So we are closing out kart racing games. We did an episode on Mario Kart 64. We did an episode on Diddy Kong Racing. We played a couple of weird little knockoffs like the Hot Wheels game and Scars and a couple Penny of little racers. things like that. Penny Racers was kind of one, you know. Uh, but these are dyed-in-the-wool kart racers in that you have large heads sticking out of the top of the cars, <laughs> and everybody's got wacky shit that they're throwing at each other. Yep. Um, so none of these games we're talking about today are particularly inspiring in their uh, execution. Well, they're all kind better. of either... Way to, like, bring out the subject for... Like, well, hey, I'm just you saying... You gotta bury like, the lead, man. You know this from journal. Where's your journalistic pyramid? I, it's, you know? yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, okay. I'm setting it up. I'm baiting the switch. I'm, I'm, I'm baiting, the, baiting the hook here, you know? So, you, like, they're, they're not very original in their approach in that okay. they are all That's very fair. clearly just kind of knocking off kart is racers that are popular. Is kart racer that is original in its approach? Mario Kart. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, you know, okay. Diddy Kong was was pretty uh pretty creative and it's with approach. that big adventure mode yeah you know and really with a car racer like i feel like you don't need to ask for much no. right like there's it's it's kind of a hard genre to do wrong if you control tightly you have some fun courses and some fun weapons we're probably gonna have a decent time yeah, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of like a wrestling game where yeah. like you really at least for us you they really need to have a polished product for us to care yeah very um, much so whereas this a good okay kart racer is still a decent time. It is, it is for the most part. So we're gonna we're gonna apply those standards to these three games we're talking about today. The bar has never been lower. <laughs> Let's start by talking about our first game today, Lego Racers. Uh, Lego Racers was released October 12th, 1999, developed by High Voltage Software and published by <laughs> Lego Media. Ooh. Your microphone shocked me. Oh, did it? Yeah. High Voltage? Exactly. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I, I honestly thought you did because it was a real microphone. Yeah. Or a new I'm, microphone. Uh, and I'm, I'm an actor. 
You are. You're very convincing. <laughs> yeah. um, this was also released on Game Boy Color, PlayStation, and Windows. So we have run into high voltage before, uh, and not just on the mic just now. <laughs> uh, this is the studio that developed the NFL Quarterback Club games, which games we, we obviously love, and visual powerhouses like uh, Paperboy, you Ooh, know, the, yeah. the beautiful Paperboy. As discussed in those episodes, the company is surprisingly still around. Uh, they're mostly overseeing DLC for top-tier properties like Fortnite, uh, Saints Row, wow. uh, Mortal Kombat. That's what they're doing okay. now. So it's good weird for to voltage. think of being a company that oversees DLC. Right. Like, we didn't make this original game, but we're going we're gonna to make, make a, a DLC for it. We're going to make a fun, bite-sized version of a yeah. game that already exists. I mean, I feel like that's, that's a good little market to get yeah. into if you can. We're ex- this is exciting. This is the first and only time we get to talk about Lego on this show. Yeah. So let's talk. I got some Lego fun facts for you and, here. You know, there's there's no facts more fun than those about Lego. Oh, man. Perhaps you know the what? funnest of facts. Lego is, uh, I'm who doesn't love Lego? Yeah. Even the stepping on it is, is, uh, is an experience <laughs> it's, it's in a itself. You, you get initial pain, and then you're like, hey, yeah. I've been looking for that piece. I, <laughs> and I learned something along the way. Is that you know? that skeleton head? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, it's embedded in my foot now. I'm, I'm going to go get surgery, and then I'm going to finish my moat. Yes. Uh, so, Lego fun facts. Uh, the Danish toy company is currently celebrating their 88th birthday at the time of this recording, uh, and they have built themselves, pun intended, uh, into the largest and most profitable toy company in the world. Wow. They have more than $38 billion in revenue just last year, which is crazy. Uh, the brand has spun off from just simple building block toys to be a multimedia empire. We got uh, movies, we got TV shows, we got video games, we got, you know, toys, the theme parks. <laughs> yeah, you the have thing Lego that it started toys. as. Yeah. They're eventually just going to, like, retire the toys. Yeah. Like, we, only, we only make video games and movies now. But you know what? They do okay for all, although, you know, they've kind of dropped off on the movies because I think Lego Movie 2 kind of bombed. Or like, oh, really? It didn't bomb, it was but it not, kind of underperformed. It was not that good. It was definitely a step down from the first it's, one. It's not bad, but I mean, first, well, the Lego, first, one was fantastic. first Lego Movie and Lego Batman were both excellent. Are delights, yeah. uh, absolute delights. And the, the rest, yeah, you can kind of take or leave. I've but, never uh, seen the Ninjago. Movie, oh, so. yeah, don't bother with okay. that one. Yeah, I watched it. It's not good. Uh, so, yeah, the company has gone on from just doing original playsets to incorporate pop culture franchises. So everything from, like, uh, Star Wars and Harry Potter to little tiny things like A-Team. There's an A-Team <laughs> Lego set. Yeah, there's a lot. There's Simpsons, Ninja Turtles, even if they're just, like, one of sets. And that's yeah. one thing that I really appreciated about this game. Like, I've always wanted to play the Lego Racer game and just never gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, because this is the exact era of Lego that I have a lot of nostalgia for because it's pre-them just buying pre-existing licenses. Uh-huh. So it's them it's, making their own stuff. So it's, like, it's knights and spaceships and uh, kind of early sets like that. You yeah, know, that, pirates. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of your basic off-the-shelf ones that have kind of become way more charming as yeah, time has gone past, I, you know? I, like, like, I, I frankly like them a lot more. Like, I totally understand the appeal of having a pre-existing licensed property. Yeah. But I just kind of like the freedom of play that comes with, this is just a pirate ship, and I can make it however I, you know, I can play with these characters however I want. I don't have to worry about the canon. Totally. Of whether or not Han. <laughs> well, if you're building first. a pirate ship, you do need to worry yeah, about the canon true. usually. Right. There's usually a few of them. It's true, the canons. Uh, <laughs> so the word Lego actually comes from the Danish word leggot, which means play with. Well, so that's what Lego means. I never knew that. Uh, the design of the bricks has been unchanged since 1958 when they added that third little peg on the inside of the brick. Uh, so you can use pieces from 1958 in your yeah. modern set today, and there's no problems with that at all, which is kind of amazing it to think. Cool. 
Uh, if you were to lay out every Lego brick that has sold uh, in a year from end to end, you could circumnavigate the globe five times. That's crazy to me. It's um, it's also estimated that there are approximately 80 Lego bricks for every person on the planet. Good. That's so, um, get, get ready for the new uh, stimulus package. Yeah, every person eight, gets 80, Lego 80 Legos. 80 Legos. <laughs> and uh, if, if you if we, if we you could, wouldn't mind, could you lay it out on the street and connect it to your neighbors so we can test this can, five times around the world? Thing? Yeah, we're going to create an international highway out of Legos. It, I do want to um, drop a little fun fact of my own here. Please. You're talking about how the design of Lego bricks has not changed in a long time. Um, one of my friends is very into Legos himself, and he um, had a somewhat recent trip to Legoland, and he shared this fact that they are currently, and I think have just released, the first set that uses um, Lego bricks made from plant material oh, wow. rather than just, like, total plastic. And so it's, you know, it's biodegradable material, so it doesn't just sit in the landfill forever. Nice. And the experiment that they were trying to do and the reason it's taken them so long to get to this point is they couldn't get the snap sound correctly in, in, the this, orga- in its organic material. So that's what they've been working. Those are, are Danish ingenuity hard at work getting I, that snap uh, sound. I appreciate that attention to detail yeah. because, I mean, you say that Lego snap sound and everybody listening to this heard it in their head, like immediately. It's so it's an iconic sound. Well, and I mean, that's the, di- you know, that's the Lego difference. Yeah. It's like, let, first off, Lego shit's expensive. It it's, is. It's always, it's always a shock, I imagine, any time... You know, it, I'm, parents everywhere probably see the toy that their kids point to and go, "That's a hundred dollars." Yeah, for the, for that set, and the kid goes, yeah. "Yeah." And but you know, it is that attention to detail, and the blocks fit together well. They're satisfying. They last a long, long time. They sure do. And um, they're tough to break. So. Yeah, yeah. As as much as you may stomp on them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the rarest and the most valuable Lego minifig in existence is a 14 karat gold C-3PO figure. Mm. Came out in 2003. There were only five made, and they were issued as contest prizes from uh, Lego Magazine. So it's a whole nother world of Lego is the minifig collecting. Which oh is yeah, something I've never gotten into. I don't find the charms in the minifigs that some do. But. I don't know. I, I think they're cute. I don't think I, I I don't own any. Like I don't feel the need to collect them. But I, I like the minifigs. I think they're cute. And it was recently announced that uh, Lego is going to be releasing a series of Nintendo-themed sets, including very detailed construction kits where you can recreate the original NES, which will cost you roughly five times what an original NES cost, two, th- two or three times maybe? Yeah, probably yeah. at this point. Yeah, um, it's quite ex- I think these are out now. Like yeah, they saying. are out now. Um, there's like big, the, the Mario sets kind of look more like Duplo. Like yeah. They're kind of like bigger I was, I was excited when they announced the Mario set and sort of disappointed on the execution itself because... Yeah. I mean, a Mario set and, like, Lego blocks seem like they go hand-in-hand. Being it's the first Mario, you're literally breaking blocks with your head. It's crazy it took them that long. Yeah, um, but, yeah, the big big design, they just seem a little sparse. Yeah, I mean, but uh, Lego has found a way to enter the gaming sphere in a very big way. So let's talk about Lego video games. Uh, There have been 69 Lego video games. Yeah, yeah, since 1995. Uh, the very first Lego game was Lego Fun to Build, which came out <laughs> on the Sega Pico. Uh, for those who don't remember that one, it was an edutainment console for toddlers. So, you know, not a not a huge start, but Lego Racers is actually the first Lego game to receive a home console release. The rest were all on PC. I they remember, were all like educational. Yeah, I remember playing Lego Chess on the PC a lot. Oh, and yeah. um, there's one that's kind of a uh, sim roller coaster knockoff where you build a theme, Legoland theme park. And it should be said, you're like a Lego guy. Like, you yeah. like Lego a lot. Yeah, like I said, one of the activities I did at the beginning of this quarantine was to buy, like, a 
full like a two hundred dollar lot of sets from the nineties that yeah. were all just kind of mixed together and then sort of download the manuals in PDF format and piece them out into the original forms. Cause yeah, it's it's definitely it's the right kind of activity to be like, I'm not sure I want to play a video game before I go to bed, but I'm not quite ready to go to sleep yet. So Is that I'm frustrating to like dig through like you have the manual and then you just have to like dig through this big oh, yes, tub it, to it find it took a long time. Okay. It, it and is it guaranteed like are you days. missing pieces? Oh yes. Okay. I was gonna say so, that that would be frustrating. That's like yeah. doing a jigsaw puzzle, but you're not certain that the pieces are in the box. Yep. Like yeah. it, it was a commitment. Um, you can even go online. There are uh, databases out there where you can order individual Lego pieces. Nice. Um, okay. So All right. It was, it was a project. Well, uh, back to video mm-hmm. games. So Lego games have already pretty much always been steady sellers, but the company really broke into blockbuster territory with their surprisingly successful Bionicle series, mm. which debuted in 2003, and it helped kind of reshape the company's brand. These are... Kind of, more, how do you describe Bionicle? I guess well, they're more they're like, like action oriented, yeah, like action like figure Technic, Legos, which was kind of the uh, hot, older kid style of Legos. So yeah. it's kind of they look like robots, but they have little weapons on them. I was never crazy. Yeah, they have little weapons. I was never crazy about the Bionicle because they don't quite have the f- colorful charm. They're they're the more original. they're more just like about the figures than about building sets, aren't they? Well, you still build the Bionicle figures. Okay. But yeah, 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 the the, the figures you build and there's not really sets around it. And then they build, they spun this into a TV show and things like that. But I mean, if you look at uh, sales for Bionicle games, these are like secretly massive selling games on like the Game Boy Advance and on the DS. really weird. So this really helped kind of revitalize Lego's brand a little bit after it was flagging a bit in the early 2000s. But in 2005, the company partnered up with Traveler's Tales to make Lego Star Wars, which became like this big surprise hit and kind of reshaped the Lego brand from then on. People love those games. I love those games so much. I've played every single one of them, I think, except for uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean one, because who gives a shit? (laughs) But like... I there there's some of the most relaxing things to me. I'll I'll turn the volume off. I'll put on a podcast or like another movie on a different TV or something, and I'll just zone out and man, try and your get... multitasking never ceases to amaze me. I, I can't I, imagine trying to watch a movie and play a video game at the same time. It it's, usually, it's usually a movie I've seen many times. You <laughs> okay. know, so I just need to reinforce the memorization parts. But but yeah, it, it, these are very easy games to get like hundred percent platinum trophies on. And it's like. <laughs> It, it's a good way to just... You could post that on the box. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to get platinum trophies. It's great. It's great. I don't know. I find them hugely relaxing, and they're all really funny and, like, charming. And uh, I, I yeah. appreciate the uh, drop-in, drop-out co-op. They're yes. good games to play with people who don't usually care about video games, but might care about the brand. They really nail the co-op in those games because, like, you can wander away in split screen. You're not just stuck to the screen that your partner's on. Mm. And the, uh, the, the line between the screens will adapt. It'll, like, rotate and move as you're rotating and moving so it kind of works around that you. is cool it's very clever but uh since lego star wars came out uh traveler's tales has done follow-ups with marvel dc harry potter pirates of the caribbean indiana jones many 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 others uh and so i'm definitely going to be on board when they release the uh, lego star wars skywalker saga later this i think it's uh october uh, which is going to have the movie seven, eight, and nine? You know, sure, great. The, 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 good, the good ones, the, as they're known, the, especially that last one. Yeah, My everyone loves goodness. it. All right, let's talk about this game specifically, Lego Racers. Uh, the l- very, very loose story here involves uh, Rocket Racer. He's the best racer in Legoland, <laughs> but he's never been beaten, and he is bored. So he decided to host a championship to try and find someone who could finally take his title from him. And that's where you come in. Your character is a little mini fig that has to race for this championship. 
So you can either play as one of a couple of different pre-built sets, mm -hmm. or the fun part of this, you can build your own guy. Yes. Build your own guy, build your own car. Um, so we messed around a little bit with this. It's it's pretty fun and intuitive to like Yeah, you start with a minifig design. It works really well. You just you just go through a menu, you pick your head, you pick your body, and there's sort of a mishmash of the different Lego themes that were at the time. So you can get the cyborg or pirate head, yeah. Um, you with the knight helmet and then like a Robin Hood uh tunic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, pretty basic. And you do uh unlock new pieces and components as you win races and you do well um putting your car together is pretty basic too it's like you get a, a nice selection of little pieces to choose from you snap it onto your little frame it, it all yeah it all starts with that basic car frame of like the one the one piece and then the four wheels yeah um, and so with that said like your customization is fairly limited you can't make like a weird lopsidedy thing no no uh and it's it's not yeah it's not terribly deep and the physics of it don't really change like you can make something very weird and kind of pointy and it's not really going to slow you down yeah which i i have mixed feelings about like it would be it would be very cool to sort of build something and see how that feels while it drives though i acknowledge like that might be frustrating and confusing and well, that's, that's where you get like Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. That's mm. kind of what it is. Okay. You have to build vehicles and they react the way that they're built, you know? Okay. So if, if the front wheels are much shorter than the back wheels, you're not going to be able to get very far. Yeah, yeah. And that game was a huge success. Everyone's so, favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and there's also just not a huge variety of pieces that you can build with. They're all kind of just generic, like slanted blocks or yeah. square blocks yeah. Um, and so it's hard to make a car that feels much more interesting than the default ones. Yeah, yeah. But I like that that option exists. Oh, yeah, I that think option has to be. It's, yeah, they would have really been seriously dropping the ball if they didn't include some kind of construction set in this LEGO mm -hmm. racing game. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's pretty basic. You're, all of your worlds are based on those early LEGO sets, so there's like a pirate world and a night world and a couple of different so, things. So, like, I really like the way the min, like the minifigs just look like LEGO minifigs, the sort of aesthetics, and I used to get, like, a LEGO magazine. Oh, yeah. And, like, the aesthetics really match that. So, again, it throws me right back to that nostalgia. But the the actual levels themselves are not, don't look very LEGO-y. No. Even though they take the theme, like, they're not, you don't really see bricks sort of that make up the background. No. Like it's a colorful, nice looking game, but if the carts were replaced by the carts from Scars, you wouldn't really know the difference. No, no, you really it's, wouldn't. Uh, the power up system here is kind of the coolest part of this game, yeah. I thought. Like, so this has kind of a similar power up structure to Diddy Kong Racing, mm -hmm. where getting multiples in a row of something will will kind of goose it up. Yeah. So like, red is always your projectile. Yeah. Green is always your boost. And if you like in Diddy Kong Racing, if you got three reds in a row, you get like a multi missile. Yeah. And that's kind of similar here. But unlike in Diddy Kong Racing, where like if you say you get like two reds and you're going for that third red and you miss it and hit something else and then you reset with the new color. Yeah, you get like the weakest oil slick. Yeah, the weakest version of that. What you do here is you collect little white Lego pieces, which kind of adds little boost meters to whatever happens to be in your inventory at the time. Right. So getting a new color or something will not erase the power-up level that you've gotten. Yeah, so It'll if just you erase collect like two white bricks and then get a red, you'll get like a homing missile. But yeah. then if you collect two white bricks and you're like, oh, I don't want this homing missile, you can still then get a green and get a more powerful boost without losing the power of those white bricks. Yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice refinement of that kind of uh, Diddy Kong racing yeah, idea. Yeah, it, it works really well, actually. Um, what doesn't work yeah. so well is it's surprisingly hard to hit these power-ups. This game... They are very 
narrow. Yeah, this game just doesn't control as well as it should. So and picture like it's one of those skinny little like three peg Lego bricks, mm-hmm. like one of the, the really th- the small three by ones. Yeah, yeah, the three by ones. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of hard to hit when you're on a track, which is pretty wide, and your cart does not control with very much accuracy. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, slow. It's pretty sluggish. I would say like it does feel like a Lego cart probably would feel like sure. going across the ground. Like it's very light and doesn't turn very sharply. Yeah. Um, but you sort of end up sort of swinging back one way or the other and it's hard to sort of get going straight the line you want to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, you know, I, I found myself a little disappointed with this one. Me I think too. if the... If the driving mechanics were just like a little bit more refined and a little bit more fun to control, then I could give this a more full-throated recommendation. I mean, there's some clever stuff going on here. And that's ninety percent of a kart racer. Like, if your kart racer does not control quite right in the way that it feels, you're kind of lost right there. And I will also say, like, the theming here also isn't as strong as I would like. It's um, I really like building the kart, and the characters are fun, and the sort of menu menu layouts are all fun mm-hmm. but the i wish the courses looked more legoy and i wish there was some kind of lego mechanic built into the race like maybe you lose pieces when you get hit by something yeah or you can pick up more you like build your cart as you're driving more weird shortcuts like maybe you can bust through an area or something again that would all be benefited like this game i would love to see a new lego racers um where everything is just brick like yeah. Because that's what's so fantastic about the Lego movie is they the design is so committed to it. Everything is made out of brick. Yeah, yeah. And Even like, the water is made yeah, out of Lego exactly. bricks. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I would love to see that here. That would be great. That would really be great. I do like, I mean, they have little touches like when we're racing around the haunted woods, mm-hmm. like you can bump into one of those uh, glow in the dark Lego ghosts. Yeah. Like I want more of that. Yeah. You know, I want more like silly little Lego things happening in the world itself. For the most part, it just feels like kind of any racer with a, a light Lego theme, you yeah. know. And unfortunately, not not a great one. I feel like that was just the lesson that they learned when the Lego movie came out of like the big breakthrough of like, oh, we want the, the secret is to set everything in this Lego world and just fully commit to that and to like make everything look like it moves like a Lego. You know, yes. you notice like yes. in the Lego movie, like Emmett's arms aren't articulated. Like he doesn't bend at the elbow because right. a Lego figure doesn't bend at the elbow. They just animated that in that beautiful style. So, um, so anyway, recommend uh, the Lego movie. I think that's yeah. where we come yeah, down Yeah, that's, that's the takeoff here. Yeah, uh, Lego, Lego racers, watch the Lego movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to our next game. Uh, oh man, okay, South Park Rally. We're really running the gamut in properties here. We really oh, yeah. are. We're going very childish to one where every menu option is a fart. Though I would say, in terms of, if you're going to use the word childish, it's probably much more childish than Lego racers. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's much more juvenile, yeah, yeah for sure. South Park Rally was released February 8th, 2000. It was developed by Tantalus Interactive and published by Acclaim. And this was also released on PlayStation, Dreamcast, and Windows. So Tantalus is another one of our rare Australian developers. Uh, This company was founded in Melbourne in 1994, and they've mostly been responsible for porting games. Uh, This South Park Rally is actually their first original game. But it wasn't really a big seller, and nor were their follow-up games uh, Trick Star and Black Market Bowling. So they went back to what they were good at. You're telling me those two games I've never heard of were not big sellers? Somehow not huge, and and South Park Rally didn't really uh, uh, tip the scales in their favor either. But they went back to what they were good at, and it's been working for them. They're still around. 
Uh, and they've produced a couple of high-profile projects like uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD on Wii U. Okay. That's a really good port. Sonic Mania on Switch, another really good port. And they did a recent uh, Age of Empires 2 remake. So nice. they landed yeah. on their feet. I yeah. think they, they stuck with the niche they were good with. Good with and uh, yeah, they're all set. So South Park, we have talked about once before in our South Park episode. I won't go into my very complicated feelings on that show <laughs> again. Uh, go back and listen to that episode if you have any concerns about my opinions. Um, but really, yeah, this is the second South Park game we've talked about. And this is pretty much a straight down the line kart racer with South Park characters jammed into but it. But with, with one very, very notable exception. Very like, strange. So firstly, let's I'll get this out of the way. Like the the the, the game controls well. Like yeah. I was surprised. Like no, this the game kart, feels better than the Lego game did. It does. The kart the racing feels good. Uh there's a whole lot of power-ups, and they're all kind of clever. There, um, I think there's too many power-ups. Like, it's very hard to remember what... You'll, you'll see this line of sort of item boxes on the track, and they're like eight different colors. You're like purple, yellow, red, green, and it's just hard to remember what does what. Some, yeah. some randomly will just put an image of Saddam Hussein on your flash on your screen. I'm thinking that's supposed know, to be which, kind of like the, the squid in Mario Kart that yeah. gets ink on your screen. I think yeah. it's just meant to kind of distract everybody. But yeah, it's weird. It's just a like a real life picture of Saddam Hussein flashing all over your screen. You, this game really reminds you like it, it took me right, much in the same way that the Lego was associated with a lot of positive nostalgia. This is associated with me being back in high school and everyone in high school being like, oh, man, you killed Kenny. Respect my authority. Yeah, and, yeah. And I had no idea what they were talking about because I was not allowed to watch South Park. Yeah, yeah. And just how weird and irritating that was. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was uh, it was kind of like the early episodes of The Simpsons when it became like this marketing bonanza. So all these little one-off bits that were never mentioned in a second episode, right. they become like part of the South Park Yeah, canon, like, like essential like, character Mr. Hanky, right? like the most second most important character in the show. Yeah, yeah, ac yeah. According yeah. to like the merchandise. Yeah, or like, you know, it, uh, the Mexican staring frog of Southern Sri Lanka is a power-up in this. That's like a one-off joke in one episode. Like, yeah. I Which I, I guess if you were like really into South Park at the time that this came out, you would probably appreciate all, yeah. all of that little references. And you, but you really only had like the first two, three seasons of the show to work mm -hmm. off of at this point. So yeah, it, it gets a little repetitive. But, you know, aside from like the racing stuff, which, uh, which I could deal with if it was just like a car racer, these, these pretty decent mechanics and just some kind of annoying features. So, but uh, this does something so strange. You know what game really annoys me, Steve? Hmm. Burnout Paradise. Okay. And let me, let me tell you why. Please do. So Burnout 1, 2, 3, and Revenge, all awesome. Yes. Fun, super fast, fun racers. Burnout Paradise, they're like, let's make this an open world. Oh, so yeah. you can go and approach these races any way you want. And so what that means is they're like, drive from here to here, but you have to be watching this little mini-map on the corner of your screen the whole time you're trying to drive like 100 miles an hour through this city, and I can't focus on both of those things. And I'm like, why... Why is this the one that's getting the HD remake on Switch? Yeah, like, why yeah. don't they port one of the good ones? Yeah. And you know what? South Park Rally did it first by taking something that worked and ruining it by... Making it needlessly complicated and way over long. Okay, so in this game, one lap isn't just like one trip around the track. One lap is when you run through all four checkpoints in order. However, they are not placed in order on the track, so yeah. you need to drive around and search for them. So if you, I hit, mean, they're labeled clearly on your mini map. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah, it's not even a search really, but you do need to drive out of your way to go find them. Yeah. So 
it, yeah, like the first thing you see is a big four, you know, it's a big check mark four, but that's not where you want to start. You know, you have to go find check mark one and then find two and then three and then four. And that's one lap. And each race is three laps. Yeah. So you need to find these checkpoints 12, 12 times. And like, I, I don't really understand what is supposed to be I fun mean, about see, this. You know, again, this is why I brought up Burn Up Paradise, because it's it's this idea that like, oh, you can approach these any way you want. You can kind of find make your own path or find your own shortcuts or things like that. But it's like, that's not why I want to play a game like this. Yeah. I want to go fast. I want to shoot my opponents with crazy weapons. And like, this essentially ruins all of that. Yeah. Because everyone's sort of going their own kind of direction. Like, you definitely find a path that works, even though the game doesn't start you on that path. But the end result is like, everyone's pretty spread out. Yeah. And thus, you're getting all these weapons that you can never really hit anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it Especially, just, yeah, we were doing the multiplayer where it's just two of us. Yeah. So it's like, we're not going to see these power-ups at all. No, and you didn't just, and the other result is you can get stuck in weird corners yeah. that you just, like, I got stuck between these two houses, and, like, I when I back up, I would hit one, and I would go forward and hit the side of the other one, and I, you know, it took a long time for me to get out of that. Yeah. And, yeah, this whole time, you kind of have to have your corner of your eye on the mini map to be like oh shit i need to turn right here to be able to hit that three yeah and it's just it's it's distracting it makes it take way too long and it sort of ruins the game like this game would not be fantastic if this was not here it would be significantly better though If, if you just did a simple lap around the track uh up to eight players like bunch of different wacky characters and shit like that like you could have fun with this and this game has a lot of tracks it has so many tracks and so it has 22 characters and like 30 something tracks clearly a game i feel like a lot more sort of love of the show was put into this game than in the original south park game that we played which felt very like i don't know just sort of thrown together and like oh we have these four ideas you're just gonna fight chickens constantly sure yeah yeah um this really does feel like hey let's jam in as much content as we can yeah but like this setup it just makes it so frustrating and you have to unlock all of these tracks they're not available from the start and very frustratingly if you get second yeah they're like oh you didn't qualify you don't get to move to the next race yeah i got second out of six people what do you want from me game like first place or nothing and i can't imagine being bored enough to play through this game enough times to get first place in every track and unlock every character. Yeah, they just they just take way too long. It's too yeah. much. It's too much. Like, I feel like the thing that this reminded me most of, uh, while not being nearly as bad, was Monster Truck Madness, mm-hmm. which also had like a wide open track kind of area that yes. you could explore at your leisure. But this game at least uh, controls well, yeah. where Monster Truck Madness fun- did not have This that. is totally a functional game. It's yeah. just their decision to lay it out this way is frustrating. And it's also sort of baffling because it's like, usually for this kind of licensed game, developers shoot for adequate yeah. and functional. And it's like, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, here. and yeah. that was really the choice. They're like, hey, let's do something weird with this game. Like, let's really mix it up. Let's uh, break ground. Yeah. Everyone's like, going to love wandering around our boring cities for hours. Yeah, your your licensed game is not the place to do that. Yeah, so. no. no, And it just doesn't feel like an idea that suits this uh, franchise either. It just doesn't feel like... Well, I mean, I think part of the incentive is like, you really are encouraged to like explore the town and find sort of the little Easter eggs in the corner. Sure. But there's no reason that having that open world sort of layout makes that any better. They can still put all that weird stuff in a more linear track. And plus you're looking at your mini map, so you're not going to yeah. see anything anyway, you yeah. know? So yeah, uh, South Park rally, you know, I, I'd heard 
it was kind of this notorious flop. And I know Trey Parker and Matt Stone have denounced it, even though they recorded some original voice sure. work. Uh, they've, they've kind of denounced all the older South Park games, which I get. The new ones are way better. Um, but yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, this not, is not a, necessarily a game to be embarrassed about. Not it's necessarily. It's just not a game that anyone would have a reason to play. It just took a weird swing. It's not even a swing I can really admire because it just doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, I don't like, even know what they were going for. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, well, let's talk about a game where we know exactly what they were yeah. going for. Our last game today is Mickey's Speedway USA. That was released November 13th, 2000, developed by Rare and published by Nintendo, and it was also released on Game Boy Color. Yes, this is the forgotten Rare game, the lost Rare game that people, like, you talk about the great Rare games on the Nintendo 64 that defined the console and gaming for the next generation. You don't bring this one up generally. You, you only bring it up in conversation with South Park Rally. This, this is about as unambitious a game as I've ever seen from Rare. It, yeah. is, uh, it is content to be exactly what it says on the tin and not a damn this thing is the more. game that south park rally we expected it to be yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, honestly <laughs> it probably would have been better for it you know yeah. but uh yeah th this is i i think i'm judging this one a little harshly because of the the pedigree here sure should have produced something a little bit more i mean you got that disney brand brand money behind it and you yeah. got rare sort of development power here we we, we we i was expecting something pretty good i was expecting like on par with uh diddy kong racing yeah and, you know, it started out promising. It did, you know, but they I, they took the paycheck and they used it to make grab by the ghoulies. And so for that, we're all grateful. You yeah, know, I appreciate true. that. Uh, let's talk about this game. So uh, this has, obviously, it's Mickey as in Mickey Mouse, not mm -hmm. like Mickey Avalon or something. Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, uh, any of the other mixers. Mickey Rooney. Racer. Yeah, exactly. Mickey Rooney racers would be great. <laughs> but, like... Uh, you have Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, uh, Daisy Duck, Minnie Mouse, all of those guys, the, the standard crew. Um, this is also a noteworthy game for a very strange reason, and it gives us a chance to say goodbye to our very favorite peripheral yeah. on the entire system, the old transfer Which pack. Which we talked about a couple weeks ago for Pokemon Stadium. We did. This game, uh, if you have a copy of Mickey Speedway USA on Game Boy Color, which I randomly did, <laughs> uh, you pop it in your transfer pack, and when you boot up the game, you will get to unlock, drumroll please, Huey. The third identical duck of the other two that are already in it are harder to unlock. No, the other two aren't in it. You have are to they? unlock them. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Well, one of them is like the guy who starts the race. Right, yeah, yeah. At first he is. And I for always forget the color yeah. scheme. The green one starts the, the race. The green one starts the race, yeah. Right. Um, it's but, a very like, uh, it kind of is a weirdly ahead of its time moment of like plug. It felt very amiibo-ish of like plugging that. this in and being like, oh, look, this Huey's joined the race. It's a, it's a thing like I could have 100% lived without, but yeah. the great, I have it now. Yeah. Um, so all the courses in this game are based on different real locations in America. And I think one of the strengths of this game is it's got a good selection of tracks. There's like, what yeah. was it, like 18, 18 different tracks? Yeah, like, I think you start, there's three different courses, three different cups, Yeah, um, all of which have four. I mean, this game is as blatant as blatant gets in terms of knockoff structure. Yeah. Just like Mario Kart, there's four different cups. All of them have four races, and you have to, I think you unlock the last cup. Yes. Um. Yeah, for a total of about 16 tracks. Everyone's got like a weight and... Um, acceleration, handling, stats. Yeah, um, so Pete's going to be a bit heavier and slower, and uh, Mickey and Donald are like your your Mario Luigi types. But I feel like it's like a big misstep right from the beginning, because like you said, you're racing around America, like you're racing around real-world locations, and this game, the, the tracks here really fail. Yeah. Like, 
A, if you have this Disney branding, I want to race through Disney worlds. Like, take, that's take why you make a kart racer, because it's yeah. fun and cartoony. Like, Diddy Kong Racing, you're racing through, like, a dinosaur land. And then, like, you're racing around on hovercrafts through, like, pirate yeah. coves and things like this. And Mario Kart is taking you through every every different character has their own distinct world, you yep. know? Which is really cool. And this one, like, I, mean, you have, I want, like, a Kingdom Hearts racer. I want to yes. be able to race through all these different diverse Disney properties with all these different random I mean, characters. they have, like, 60 years of history to build on at this point. Yeah. And, like, you want to race on the steamboat. Um, but and, instead, we're just kind of Dakota or yeah. very, like, six different locations they, in they, California. They, they, and they're they're basically like the level of attention and detail that you'll find in Cruise and World. Yeah, which yeah. is to say, not very much. They're like, oh, we have one. There's a Space Needle. You're in Seattle. Great. Like, I, mean, I didn't even see the Space Needle. I didn't in see that. Yeah, You're just racing big... through like a parking garage the whole time. Right. Yeah. This. Uh, Seattle. We live near Seattle. We've both been to Seattle many, many times in our lives. Uh, don't you none remember of this that? Read as Seattle. You don't, you don't remember that era in 2000 when they just replaced it with a giant tunnel. Oh, right. Like, yeah, that's right. And they had the big uh, iconic sign that just says kebab. Yeah. You know, Paul yeah. Allen bought out the city and just replaced <laughs> it with a tunnel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's a very uninspired choice. And yeah, I guess and it's, if it's we're going to give bummer. if we're going to give kind of a reverse compliment sandwich, I should say this game looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. It looks super. It good. looks so good. I mean, you would expect that because it's it's Disney money and it's rare technical technical ability. Like this game is gonna look good and yeah. it plays fine. It like, plays very nicely. It's yeah, not it's, it's not an issue. I think of it gameplay. controls better than Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, um, may, arguably, yeah. you know. But it just it's, it's just so uninspired. That's I think that's what kills me about it. Like it just doesn't really justify its, its existence to me at all. Like this is a game that's. Fine. It's not better than any other kart racing game I can think of, except maybe the other two we talked about. Today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, it, it is like it is very good kart racer in terms of like functionality. But I just there's so like the part the reason you play kart racers is like for that fun character and theming and aesthetic. And you, I mean, you need it to be playable as well. Yeah. But it has to have both of those things. And yeah. This is a, like kind of the opposite of the Lego game where. The theming is just not strong. Like the gameplay is there and functional, but the theming is just not strong. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it it just doesn't really make sense. This game does the same thing. We forgot to mention with South Park too that like when you're playing single player mode and you do have other characters on screen, uh, they are all yelling catchphrases oh, yeah. at the top of their lungs over each other. So the first part of the race in South Park is just a cacophony and there's some of that going on here too. But it's because, mixed a lot lower and it's much less irritating than in South Park. Yeah, every character chimes in when they pass the finish line. Uh, but that's each lap, you know, so you're going to hear like Daisy yelling something so each time. So let's talk about multiplayer here for a little bit because this is something we kind of glossed over and it's going to be a big po- like selling point in any kart racer. All, the multiplayer sucks in all these games. Kind of. it's crazy... Yeah. You know, Mario Kart is the standard, and you just assume that things that Mario Kart do is other kart games can do. Yeah. And, like, Mario Kart, when you play in the two-player mode, the two-player GP, there's all the computer carts are there with you. The game has music, and you just assume, oh, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. None of these games, whenever you play the two-player mode in these games, there's no computer carts. Nothing. And in, I think, both South Park and um, the Disney game, there's no music. Yeah. Um, and so the whole thing just feels sad, sad in like the multiplayer realm. It's just a yeah. weird thing because like Rare was this able game to came do out this. Four years later. Yeah. Then Mario Kart. You can play a two player co-op in Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. With 
yeah, with music, like with yeah, and with like full sound, and you can have like all the different computerized players on the track with you. But I don't know why it's just so limited here. Maybe it's just they just didn't have the same budget or didn't have the same level maybe, of interest. Maybe this game has a graphical step up from Diddy Kong, but I don't notice it that much. Yeah, it, I mean, you you get better graphics, but you lose personality uh, at the same time, which is I think personality is going to make make up a large portion of what works in games like this. You know, it's a, this is what makes them distinctive. Yeah, and that's that's totally where this game misses the mark. So yeah. you you it very weirdly has a similar menu layout as a. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, like yeah. you, you start the game and there's like an N64 set up to the TV, and it looks like you should be able to like go into different options, but you can either press A to start yeah. or press B to go back into the intro movie, and it's like, why is this screen even here if I have no choice on where to go? Yeah, this menu shouldn't be so overcomplicated. Yeah, and then for... it, they they definitely look like they're like select mode, yeah. but you're actually choosing your cup, which is also confusingly phrased, and the cups have names like Freeway Madness or yeah. Track Mania fear one of them one of them something phobia yeah freeway Freeway anyway so it's just not clear like that this is actually the different sort of cups and some i don't know if i mentioned it already but some of these tracks are like over before you realize it they are very short very short considering it's just called dakota that's encompassing two two very large states two states known for their wide open locales you know and it's it's like across it each each lap was like 22 seconds it's like sprinting around a city block you know it's like it's it's really nothing um, do you so, have anything else about this? Well, one? I just yeah. just a couple. I mean, again, it's so anything about Mario Kart is basically the same. You got a little hop um, to sort of ease yeah. around corners. All of these games have a slight drift mechanism, but again, none of them feel as good as Mario Kart. And none of um, the power ups here stood out to me at all. No, and it's this like, is the same system as Mario Kart. You just get a barrel with a random power up in it, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're not nearly as interesting as they're not as crazy as the south park ones or as sort of well balanced as the lego racer ones no it's just like oil slick uh, uh rock or something yeah. what, do you, what do you what was even the projectile i don't even know if i used Boy, one. yeah i don't even remember yeah it's, they didn't they don't come up a ba- much. oh it's a baseball oh it's the baseball which, you're right which you're right. bounces off it's like a green shell it's very easy to hit yourself yeah it's a very large baseball and it stays in the track um after you're done with it yeah you know it it's I, again it, it's nothing special it's just at all. Crazy. It's not a bad game. It's not a poorly made game. It's just so It's so uninspired. crazy to me that they got the Disney licenses and they're like, yeah, we'll just have them race across like a LA freeway as like a loop. Yeah. And it's just, you're like, wait, why can't Mickey race thing. in these like bright colored worlds that like Mickey Mouse is famous for? That was one of the things where I, I remember you were racing a level. I had looked down for a second when you cho- told you what level yeah. it was. I couldn't tell what it was. No. You told me it was Los Angeles. Can you tell it's LA? And like, like there's a palm tree over there. It, there's like a palm tree. And I think at one point you can briefly see like a lifeguard station off to the side, but there's no like Hollywood why sign. Why are you or- racing through Disney World? Right? Why yeah. isn't there a Disney World level? Like it's crazy. Don't tell me Disney couldn't get the license to Disney <laughs> World. You, I don't even tell me that. Um, and there's also worth noting there is a battle mode in this game just to you know secure that knockoff status. Yeah, um, three balloons. Yeah. yeah, three balloons. You fly around. You shoot shoot people. You can play it with three computers, which I'm not sure you could do in Mario Kart. Um, but I was n- I'm never very crazy about the battle I'm, modes. I'm not a connoisseur of battle modes. Like, if you really like Mario Kart battle mode, uh, let me know how this one yeah. stacks up, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I it it didn't hold my interest. 
Um, well, let's move on to our rankings because right. we have a ton of letters this week. Whoa, you're going to read them about. all? I'm going to read them all. Holy smokes. All right. It's I'll, a little reward for you guys sticking through. We appreciate it. So uh, each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. I'm going to kick us off this time. Wonderful. Uh, lowest for me is actually going to be South Park. Yep. Uh, I'm putting that at number 195. So it's going to be just above the other South Park game. I think it's slightly better than I the agree. South Park first person shooter. Uh, this one. Played better than I was expecting, but that one decision to make this kind of weirdly open world and with all these check marks and make it needlessly complicated, it just ruins it for me. Agreed. Uh, for me, my next one up is going to be Lego, uh, 166. That's going to be just above Army Men Sarge's Heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, again, good potential here. It just didn't really deliver on its formula. And despite all my bitching, like Mickey's Speedway is the best of these three on yep. a mechanical and visual level. Uh, but it's just completely uninspired. So I'm putting it number 153, and that's just above Space Invaders. That's about as tepid as you can get. Yep. Um, you you said everything that I would say. Um, so South Park Rally is number 213 under Charlie Blast territory. Um, Lego Racers was the next best. Um, number 148 under Roadsters, another super pretty bland racing game. Yep. And Mickey Speedway is only going two above that at 146. That's a little... A little pocket of not very good racing games. Yeah, 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 but. yeah. I think that's about right. That's about right. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, who wrote in. We have a bunch of letters from these last couple of weeks because we've been a little ahead on our recordings. So uh, we're going to catch up on some letters now. Wonderful. Uh, this first one starts, hey, Steve, Woody, an intangible or a tangible guest. Ooh. Intangible this time. Yeah. Uh, just finished your helicopter game episode, and I'm very excited for Mischief Makers. I hope it lives Ooh. up to my memories of the game. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listening, You're living in the past. Listening to that last episode reminded me of a strange belief I had as a dumb kid with an overactive imagination. You ever hear about this guy, Santa? <laughs> <laughs> I was long afraid of helicopters because I believed them to be natural predators for airplanes. <laughs> if it can eat an airplane, it would certainly eat me, so I was not a fan. I also like the phrasing of natural predators. <laughs> like somebody has created, like, oh shit, our, our ecosystem is overrun with airplanes. Like, quick, build some helicopters to trim I, down the population. I love that logic, too, because a helicopter is so much smaller than an airplane. Is it like the piranhas well, it, it of the sky? it depends what kind of airplane. I guess, <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, anyway, he says, uh, do you have any absurd or just dumb things you believed as a kid and now look back on and think who drugged me as a kid to make me think that thanks as always and that's from adam in texas well i my parents taught me to clear out my thetans right clear out your that, thetans. Yeah. yeah yeah you gotta have to yeah purge your alien spirits from your volcano yeah, body exactly. or whatever it is no i never believed anything dumb no <laughs> i mean i probably did yeah i'm uh i'm 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 blank. Yeah, I mean, I used to make up lots of dumb shit for people. Like, I wasn't so much the uh, person who believed all the dumb stuff, but I would make it up. Like, I, I used to tell my friends that uh, if you let Sonic the Hedgehog stand still for long enough in that first game, he will burrow to a little secret hideout and uh, start watching TV, and you can just watch, like, a little cartoon with him. I like that. Uh, and fun. my friends kept trying it, and they said, I waited all the way until, like, 9 minutes and 99 seconds, and then he just died. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, really? That didn't work for you? Weird, weird. Oh, you you would you would have been the person telling me that, and I would have been like, oh, really? I would have been on the other side of that. Yeah, I was just just a very, like, straight-laced, I'm going to do whatever adults tell me, which I'm sure resulted in me believing lots of square dumb things. Yeah, yeah. That's an awesome letter. I do love that idea of <laughs> helicopters being the natural enemy of Which would have uh, made any of those games way better. If oh, you, yeah. Like, if you were, could hunt a hel or airplanes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And 100%. just, like, eat them and get bigger and bigger. 
All right, so this next letter starts with a reference to a bit that I know we did and I don't remember, so okay. it might be a little jarring, but prepare yourself. Okay. Dear Idiot and Jerk, <laughs> okay. uh, if, if there are guests, please add the titles Monster, Donkface, and The Cool One in that order. Okay. Uh, I, I appreciate you giving me the heads up. I don't so. remember the bit, but I, I know he's it, referencing it. It does bit. sound like a thing we would say. Or also. Or the, I might be feeling the fee- the uh, backlash from my mischief makers uh, opinions, <laughs> but yeah. Um, he says, "I took a break from listening to your podcast, but I'm back now, and I have to say, it's still I'm, I have to say, it's still going strong. Still wonderful <laughs> I have to, to say listen to that it still exists. <laughs> it sure does. Still wonderful to listen to, and I'm always excited to hear more. Can't wait for the episode on Kirby 64, since I think that'll probably be the last game you'll be playing that I can still clearly remember. What about Perfect Dark? Yeah, it's true. That'll be a late one." Uh, but I do have a question. Recently, I've been replaying the Talos Principle on the PC. Uh, it's a great game for anyone who enjoys puzzle solving and themes of personhood, beliefs, and AI rights. <laughs> I don't enjoy any of those things. <laughs> the game itself is kind of a quiet, sad experience to go through, but avoiding spoilers, the context of the backstory of the game hits entirely different in these uncertain times. Hmm. I'm writing to ask, has there ever been a game that's actually changed the way you view the world? Keep up the good work. Embiggeningly yours, the perfectly cromulent Chris. Nice. Thank That's you, Chris. Great. That's a great sign-off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like that game, The Talos Principle. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I've never actually finished it, so I don't know what the full context is. You don't know what the it. actual principle is. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to the Talos part, but right. I don't know the rest. Um, as far as games that have changed my outlook on life, I mean... Ever since playing Assassin's Creed, I think I can climb every building, <laughs> okay. even though I definitely can't. Sure. I don't know if I've ever had a game hit me in that like deep philosophical sense. Like I tend to, I tend to get more of an emotional response from games than mm-hmm. like um, necessarily like this big eye-opening revelation. I remember thinking um, there's a PS3 game called Spec Ops: The Line yeah. that I remember thinking like, wow, this is a this is a really serious and mature take on warfare while still being a video game everybody has that take on that game yeah. and i have played that i I'm very slowly have made my way through that game over the past many long times and every time i go back and play it you're like man this game has a lot of swearing like yeah. there's just so much of like enemy down like life kill does. these fuckers <laughs> and you're just like okay game i and i know that it's going to get somewhere interesting eventually but i'm like man i've shot a lot of these dudes here in the Middle East. Yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, I think the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like, that was a game I remember, like, all right, I'm playing through it, I don't really care, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a big moment in the middle of the game where everything changes in a really dramatic way, and I was just kind of, like, thunderstruck from that uh, moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever had any, like, big life-changing moments. From I, I can think of one for me. Okay. Um, so I, again, as sort of a nerdy straight lace kid i was always one of those annoying people who would go into a room where people were watching football and be like oh you're watching football huh how's that go i'm like steve is now um (laughs) we use your dumb little sport um and then i for whatever reason was inspired to get the game espn nfl 2k5 which um you know actually retailed for only 20 bucks when it came out which is a sort of a big deal challenge to madden yeah um and i sort of gave it a chance and i'm like wow there's actually like a lot of sort of deep things here in terms of the way the strategy is thought out and sort of I it just sort of you know it made me understand like what football is and sort of the appeal of sport yeah. as an idea and sort of the inherent drama to that and how it's there's sort of more behind the surface than like a bunch of big beefy dudes chasing after a ball even though that's what it is yeah you know initially so yeah that game sort of led to my my 
affiliation with sport despite being, you know, an out of shape, uh, <laughs> tiny, small kid. Yeah. It's, I mean, that. I, I guess I could say I had a similar experience when we played WWF No Mercy a little mm-hmm. while ago where I'm like, okay, I think I do like wrestling games. But I think ultimately it turned out, oh, I like this one wrestling game. Yeah. <laughs> like right. this one wrestling game is really fun. I don't know about the rest. Well, thank you for that letter, Cromulan and Chris. I appreciate that. Uh, our next one begins, Dear Steve, Woody, and Guest. I loved Banjo-Kazooie, and I played the stuffing out of it during college, but I never got to Tui until about 2009. Mm-hmm. I bought it used while my wife went away for a week of baby showers, expecting a quick summer wow, playthrough. that is a long week. That's a long week. Do people week. have weeks of baby showers? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, yeah, but lucky Maybe mm-hmm. she had multiple baby showers she was attending? Okay. Uh, but yeah, I expect expecting a quick summer playthrough while I drank lots of beer and watched Stardust Memories Cabaret, I Spit on Your Grave, and Cannibal Holocaust <laughs> twice. Well, right, that's, real, that's, before that's we too to many that, times to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, who is watching? Okay, there's the Woody Allen movie Stardust Memories, the Fellini uh, reference, uh, Cabaret, the musical, I Spit on Your Grave, Revenge Porn, and Cannibal Holocaust twice. That is a weird. I also slate of I, I like the phrasing there because the implication is he watched all of them twice, so he like went through that line <laughs> and he's like, "Well, time to restart." <laughs> I got maybe is this like a drug thing, like listening to the wall while watching uh, Wizard of Oz? It's like, dude, you got to put Stardust Memories it's, and Cannibal Holocaust Steve, on at the same it's time. Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Dark you side listen of the moon. to the wall while you watch the wall. Well, that it's, that would just make they, you they go sync insane. up perfectly. Anyway, it's, sorry, I'm just already ripping on this, but yeah. that, that's just such a strange selection of movies. I had to comment. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, not sure why but i kind of associate that game banjo to with, with dis- cannibal holocaust <laughs> well maybe because he says i associate that game with despair like yeah, i think okay. that could be the cannibal holocaust dripping through um obtuse puzzles and glitter gulch horrific level design and grunty industries glorious level design for cloud cuckoo land but an impossible to get jiggy because who could really tap a that fast a disappointing final boss etc etc so I've been mulling over whether to waste my t- waste my, your time with my opinions about this game, but you asked for it. You yeah. didn't. Uh, <laughs> Banjo-Tooie made everything bigger and more complex, but not necessarily better. Yep. I'd like to think everything would have seemed more polished had Rare utilized the expansion pack. N64 does that game not use the expansion pack? It does pack? not. No, Whoa. crazy, right? That is crazy. N64 sequels are rare, so it's hard to compare, or it's hard to compare this to the Mario or, or Zelda NES sequels, for example. But I have trouble naming video game sequels that are more disappointing than this one. That's fair. Particularly when said game is paired with some really unsettling stuff. Most disappointing sequel, uh, my pick is Banjo-Tooie. Uh, most refined sequel, he suggests Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah, oh man, He says, I love thanks for the podcast, and that is from Vince. Well, thanks for reminding me that Super Mario Galaxy 2 is fucking awesome. It sure is. It's, I replayed that not too long I ago. I love that It's game. so good. Yeah. Um, so what would, you th- what would you say is your most disappointing sequel? Ooh, that one's... Is, uh, Boy, y'all, you'll have to come back, come back to me on that one. Yeah, I might Uncharted have. Three is not that good. Like, I, it's not. I, I would say, like, after how good, um, Uncharted Two is, and like how well paced it is. There's a lot of and Uncharted Three four, that you're kind of like, yeah, I'm sort of making my way through this. My big problem with mm-hmm. Uncharted Three, like, it, I think it's, gr- it's got so many great set pieces and so much fun action, but it really pulls its storytelling punches. Like it's kind of going in this one direction, the entire game. Mm-hmm. And then they pull the, it was all just a dream thing. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not crazy. I mean, about yeah, that. that game's um, maybe metal gear solid four. Also a game that's kind of weird and epic, mm-hmm. but also is very hard to go back to because the cutscenes are so long yeah. and so frequent. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that one can be tough. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I mean, or, I'm also not crazy about Ninja Gaiden 2 for the Xbox, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one really wasn't again, good. Um, yeah, I kind of dropped off of Ninja Gaiden after that first one. Um, well, I guess, no, actually, the correct answer is Ninja Gaiden 3, because oh, 2 right. was fine and 3 was garbage. 3 was like the bloodless one, right? They, they cut out all the gore. Yeah, and, yeah, and they just made much, it not it made not much, much easier. And, uh, any Earthworm Jim 3, any... Any sequel that kills a franchise is usually a pretty disappointing one. And Banjo Kazooie hung in there. They survived. Yeah. They survived Tui and got nuts and bolts. Yeah. Another another passable yeah. disappointing sequel. Maybe yeah. I, I need to actually sit and play that game a little bit so I know what I'm talking about. But no, like, who, who, that's the heart of podcasting is not knowing what you're talking about. I remember. I mean, this is probably not a game I would like at all anymore. But I remember uh, kind of enjoying the IDOS game Kane and Lynch which is a okay. third-person yeah. like shooter set in this gritty crime world. And then I tried to play the sequel, and they put on this handheld camera filter that's like oh, constantly weird. shaking and moving around, uh, and it makes it impossible to play. Huh. And then focusing the second game, like the first game was based on Kane, who is like more of a normal everyman type, and then shifting the focus to Lynch, who's like an unhinged psychopath. Sure way less pleasant. Uh, yeah. It wasn't pleasant to begin with, uh, <laughs> and that first game probably does not hold up at all, but Kane and Lynch 2 really, really sucked. Yeah, there's some there's some bad taste games from that era. And you're most, dead to rights, you're Kane and Lynch's. Yeah, yeah, lots of like hardcore crime stuff. As for my most refined sequel, it's Portal 2. I love Portal 2. Portal 1's almost perfect, but Portal 2 is even better, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to agree with you, Super Mario Galaxy 2 is an awesome choice. Yeah, it's a great choice. Uh, another letter here, Diller, dear Woody, Steve, and any and all is Dillard, guess. comma, Ann. <laughs> I've recently read your novels, and I'm not sure how I feel about them, because I have not read any of them. Well, there you go. Yes. Uh, hope you all love Mischief Makers. Ooh, 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 yeah. Pulling on my collar. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite rentals from Blockbuster, who got much of my parents' money off the back of print ads for B2C list games advertising gaming magazines. I will say, like, Mischief Makers is pretty good rental. Oh, yeah, yes. oh, yeah, 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 totally. I still have a ton of love for these glossy timepieces, even though the meat of these guides or cheat code listings for games I didn't have on consoles I didn't own that had <laughs> mostly been made obsolete by outlets like GameFAQs or any site like Polygon or IGN that have much better and more re readily available game guides. In a pre-online gaming forum time of my life, pretty much the only way to get game recommendations outside of the schoolyard was through the cruel psychological manipulation of advertising. <laughs> so what are your favorite print ads from back in the day for games from the N64 era, and do you have any fond memories attached to the heyday of gaming magazines? And that is from Danny K in Philly. Whoa, good Danny question. K. The Danny K. Star of the general. I <laughs> I remember... Wait, that's Buster Keaton. No, but there's also... That's the Inspector General as Danny Kaye. The, uh, the Court Keaton. Jester? There's the Inspector General and the Court Jester, different movies. Okay. But both Danny Kaye. Anyway. Okay, few. Check out my other movie podcast, Roger's List, <laughs> where I drop stupid shit like this. Um, <laughs> anyway, for print ads, I think my favorite N64 print ad was the Paper Mario one, mm. because it was... I don't know if you remember this. It's just a picture of Paper Mario with, like, dotted lines around it with the scissors. It says, cut here. And then the, all it says in the ad was free demo. Nice. Like I thought that was that, really cute that, that and clever. Really cute. Um, and yeah, I definitely have. I have very fond memories. I was a big EGM guy. Okay. Um, it was either EGM or GamePro was kind of what I was reading. And uh, as a kind of side plug, check out our friends uh, T.L. Foster and Dan Amrick. They're going to be doing a podcast pretty soon, looking back on the days of GameSpot where Dan used to work. Uh, and I think that'll be an interesting on e listen. on EGM. Uh, he used to work at GameStop. Uh, or Dan Dan worked at GameStop. Or not game, GameSpot. Okay. Or wait, 
I'm forgetting now. Game okay. Informer? Which I, one? Uh, GameSpot is a website. It was never a magazine. Okay, I'm trying to forget. I think the, that he was a he was a print guy, Amrick. I'm I'm getting that all confused. We've got now. we've gotten lost. We've gotten buried in the weeds. Game Pro. Game, Game Pro. Pro. That's Thank what you. I meant to say. Game Pro. Um, Sorry about that. That's okay. I will say that I my nostalgia like ran early. I don't know why. Somehow like because I started getting. Nintendo Power during the Nintendo 64 days. Yeah. But I always found those issues to be a lot less interesting. Like, I was much more excited about the NES and Super NES issues I had. Well, even and, even when I was a kid, like, I always liked Nintendo Power, but even as a kid, I knew their reviews are going to pull their punches. And so, like, you can't no really... No game ever scored below a three. Right. You, <laughs> like, can't, you can't really, like, if you're making, like game buying uh decisions you don't want to go off into yeah, nintendo but somehow power. that never even like occurred to me as where that came i don't know it somehow it was very easy with nintendo of like what games to buy because yeah like, i'm gonna buy mario mm-hmm. i'm gonna buy zelda and like there were just big games that you're like yeah i gotta own this and gotta own star fox i guess my biggest nostalgia was for the vhs tapes that nintendo power sent um you can go back to our uh star fox episode where we reenact one of those very silly tapes yeah but there's a goo there was a goofy one for star Fox. yeah you can find these online actually look up yeah. the star fox 64 one on youtube and the uh diddy kong racing one is super goofy also. these are they're really yeah. funny they're my really all great. my all-time my all-time favorite is the uh battletoads comic um that was in i think issues 24 and 25 of mm-hmm. nintendo power and they actually integrated like stuff from that nintendo power comic became canon in later battletoads games it's crazy which is, which is pretty cool i love that like, i love that yeah like the actual the, the stuff that they developed in the cartoon pilot was ignored right. the stuff from nintendo power was like yeah this is a lot better oh yeah Thanks. yeah it totally was 100 percent. uh well thank you danny good question on that one uh next letter starts hey guys still a fan of the show even if steve hates joy <laughs> aka mischief makers it's fair it's fair and i appreciate you all being very kind with me in general for not liking that game as much I as y'all fold up my death threats <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> As a kid, I had Banjo-Kazooie, uh, and I really liked it and was interested in playing it, but the game freaked me out so much that I put it down and didn't complete it until a bunch of years later when huh. I rediscovered it. I think it was the dreary hub world in the sense yeah. that I was fighting the clock in the game's story, at least, thankfully not in gameplay, compounded with the game over video every time you I, saved oh, and quit. Did we forget to bring that up? We made, we, I don't know if we did, but I yeah. I hate that in Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, that just by quitting the game, like, oh, I've played this game four hours, I'll save and quit. They show that video of 2D coming out all transformed. And you're like, why do you have to show me failing every time I stop playing? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I hate that, too. Um, I can relate to this guy. Absolutely. So it says, while other games like Ocarina of Time are understandably scary for kids, screaming zombies are a great <laughs> idea. Uh, looking back now, Banjo-Kazooie is pretty harmless. So here's your question. What dumb shit from random games are you embarrassed to say scared you back in the day? So NES, Super NES, Genesis, etc. Thanks, and that's from Dan. And he says, P.S. Steve, you have a point about Mischief Makers can be a frustrating mess, but goddammit, it's so different than anything else in the N64. Which I'll grant you. I'll grant you. Um, You know what else is different than anything else in the N64? South Park Rally. (laughs) It sure is. It sure is. That doesn't necessarily make it great. Um... So I don't know if anything really scared me, but I do have a very vivid memory of getting super upset playing the original Legend of Zelda when your heart meter goes low enough that it starts beeping. Beeping, yeah. Um, Because, and I think I might be just tying it to a social trauma, but like, 
uh, my brother and I were playing Zelda. My mom had some friends over and I was maybe like five. Mm -hmm. I was very little. I I walked in the other room and my mom's like, what's that beeping sound? And I said, oh, oh, Michael's dying. And then (laughs) all of her friends started laughing at me. Like they thought it was like, it it was one of those kids say the darndest things kind of situations. But I thought they were laughing at me. And so I like ran off crying. Okay. Um, I don't know if anything else ever actually like scared me that wasn't supposed to scare me necessarily. Oh, but yeah, Ocarina of Time, those little zombie hands really or upset the, me. I was just thinking the Skulltolas and that. That game's got a lot of creepy stuff. It does. Like the, 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 the creepy like that noise that the Skulltolas make when they walk around. Majora's Mask still scares me, but I was an adult when that came yeah, out. Yeah, and that so. seemed, I don't know, that felt much more intentional in its theming, whereas yeah. it kind of felt thrown into Ocarina of Time. Um, the one that I remember, which is maybe scary for a, just a different kind of reason, was whenever I would play uh, Mortal Kombat, um, whenever I got to Motaro, that, the giant, like, uh, centaur guy, Minotaur, yeah. it's, you know, it's a centaur, I guess, which is... Yeah. Um, that guy scared the piss out of me, and mostly because, like, he was super hard. Yeah, But, yeah. like, he would always just, I would, I don't know. The, yeah, the scariest thing to me is whenever you get farther in a game than you've ever gotten before, and then your, like, hands are shaking, you're like, I can't fuck this up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so close. Yeah. yeah, you can't rewind like you, yeah. like you can now. Um, all right, one last letter here. Hey, Steve, howdy, Woody, and hello to my favorite special guest, Audio Glitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say Audio Glitch uh, has found another show to work on, we, I think. This is the dream, is that oh, Audio Glitch has moved on into bigger and better things. We're, He's now a co-host on Blank Check. Um, <laughs> so Lucky. Um, so, first of all, the fun. Uh, first of all, I've got a fun fact. From last week's episode, you mentioned that you've never heard of ice something be applied to a pilot in anything. Oh, my friend, how could you forget the ever-so-popular 1986 movie Top Gun starring Tom Cruise? Have you heard of this Top Gun? Uh, that's the NES game where you have to land on the aircraft carrier, right? Oh, you yeah. You go upside down a lot. Well, apparently there's a character in there played by Val Kilmer named Iceman, uh, who will be our wingman anytime. Oh. I didn't. I did not realize. Okay. Uh, I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that was the intentional joke, but thank you. <laughs> I've never uh, seen Top Gun, so I have to take your word for it. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. It's, uh, it's one of those movies you watch the trailer, you're like, yeah, I get it. You get, you know, you listen to the soundtrack. There's some you shirtless get... guys playing basketball or sure. volleyball. Volleyball, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I was being too much of a dick on that. I appreciate the call. Uh, second of all, an apology. After talking with my brother about Sorry some about my Top Gun comment, it was very pedantic. <laughs> After talking with my brother about some of the games we had growing up, I very much remember having Monster Truck Madness and Paperboy, spending many hours playing the games and enjoying them. I never remembered how bad they looked, and when listening to those episodes, I got confused about why you guys thought those games were so ugly. I decided to test your theories and picked up the games myself. Five seconds into starting up Paperboy, I realized that some of my gaming childhood was a lie, <laughs> and Monster Truck Madness was not any better. So I want to apologize for questioning those rankings. I'm shocked that I'm still into gaming to this day after enjoying those games as ugly as those. And yep. lastly, my question. Uh, we are coming up on the end of the catalog here. Are there any games from the first 50 or so episodes that you would want to go and go back and play now after seeing so many other games? Would you two give any of these games a different ranking now? Uh, please avoid the easy answers like Nagano Winter Olympics 98. Uh, thank Wait, you why is that an do, easy Nick answer? Uh, that Did we rank Nick. that game high or low? I don't even remember. Uh, with, we ranked that low. low. Yeah, I don't know if that's one I would revisit anyway. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I keep, every once in a while, I want to go back and revisit that second Castlevania um, that okay. we played. Like, the that actual was kind functional of, one? Yeah, it was like an improvement on the, the which... 
the Castlevania 64 isn't terrible. It just makes some bad decisions and yeah. like takes too long to get going. And like, I, I've kind of wanted to go back and revisit that one a little bit and see if it holds up. Um, I would like to go back and play more Extreme G because it's weird that we talked so little about it. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But uh, And I was also been more curious about Magical Tetris Challenge. Oh, yeah. I would also, the other one that I'm curious about is a game that I think people like. Um, it got recently released is Doom 64. But yeah. I remember, and I've tried to play it again since, you can't see that game. No. I just don't understand. Like, it feels like something is broken. I'm wondering like, I'm if like, that new Switch port is like, fixes that in yeah it, it like, has to right i would like, hope so unless that's the appeal i have tried people. playing that on a crt i've tried playing it on an hd tv and so like, it wasn't it's just totally dark it wasn't just my tv i okay, even put yeah. in a game shark code that brings it up to maximum brightness and i still can barely see it yeah so. well that that letter was from nick landry aka the pun hit wonder and we apologize for making fun of the top gun thing and also. i will also I say bad. that our list is infallible it is it's, it is. it's yeah, a it scientifically is done and wherever we say goes it is set in stone for all eternity uh in delcia seos fake latin anyway uh that's all the letters we got thank you everybody for writing in we love getting these letters sorry to top load them all we we blew our load on all those letters guess what write in in more yeah give us a fresh load i guess ew okay (laughs) i'm cutting that (laughs) anyway uh so what game are we playing next week i wonder well we are playing two games we are playing Turok 3, Shadows of Oblivion, and Turok Rage Wars. We are closing out the Turok saga. We had to divide it all up in a weird way, uh, and we were kind of going to, we were hoping to hold off on Rage Wars until we could get four people in a room again, but it's it's looking less and less likely like that's going to happen. So next week we're talking Turok uh, for the very last time. So tune in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I'm just going to pick up this random oil slick here and shoot it out my butt. (laughs) Don't slip in it. Oh, damn it. 